Thank you for listening to the Calgary Business Podcast. As host, I've had the privilege of meeting a number of individuals that have shared fascinating stories from their experiences in the pre-COVID and COVID periods. In fact, even in early 2021, COVID remains a big part of our everyday lives. Out of 253 podcasts to date, one initiative that stands out represents my chat with three grade 12 students from Western Canada High School here in Calgary. The students, Bridget Ferguson, Katie Sattler, and Grace Atala, took the initiative in 2020 to launch Joy to Job, a series of webinars dedicated to connecting students with community professionals. The girls shared the origin story of Joy to Job on episode 236 earlier this year. Take the time to consider reaching out to Bridget, Katie or Grace, or even their advisor, Jennifer Lessier from Platform Calgary, to join one of their webinar sessions in order to provide your professional guidance and advice to Calgary students seeking to remove some of the uncertainty connected to their future careers. Once again, thanks for listening to the Calgary Business Podcast. I invite you to subscribe to the podcast from whatever app you access your podcasts, including Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, iHeartRadio, and even Amazon Music. I also invite you to leave a review to allow others to easily find the Calgary Business Podcast. Have a great day and stay safe. Welcome to Calgary Business Podcast. I'm your host, Alan Wozni, and for episode number 257, guys, I think just there's coders on the line. I don't know how many lines of code you have to write in any given day, but I'm sure it's more than that. So I've got the Arbor guys, Alex Todorovic. You start, and then you can introduce the team. Sure. Uh, thank you for having us on, first of all. Um, so I guess, yeah, we're Arbor. Uh, we built a tool that helps people shop more sustainably. Uh, it shows you kind of like, it allows you to sell, select your values, like your personal values uh, pertaining to global issues across the world when it comes to like environmental issues, social issues, human rights, things like that. And then it shows you how well companies that you uh, look at uh, align with those values. So like if I'm on the web, I'm surfing the web, I'm looking at Facebook, I'm looking at Amazon, when I'm buying stuff, I can see in-depth info about how ethical and responsible these companies are. Yeah. Uh, and so we have uh, Ben Grande. He's our CTO. Our basically like we call him our full stack development team. Uh, it's basically, he does the work of five people. Uh, we have Abdullah Chaudhry. He's our uh, biz dev. He's our COO. He's literally everything you need him to be. Like he is just like that Swiss Army knife. Oh, I love that. Um, yeah, then, I love that Swiss Army knife. Yeah. And then Danny is our data guy. So he is kind of figuring out like everything when it comes to user metrics, what uh, advertising metrics like. And this is like the really, really valuable stuff that we'll kind of get into later on. But uh, yeah, that's that's kind of us in a nutshell. OK, so I'm the CEO. <laughs> so you're the CEO. That, so Alex. Yes. Well, guys, I just look pretty. You just look pretty yeah. No, but I love it because the Arbor, right away, I thought of, you know, an arborist, right? Like someone who's who's just into green. So good name. I don't know who came up with that name. Guys? Uh, I think, <laughs> so uh, Abdullah, I think it was you and I talking or mm -hmm. something. Yeah, I think it was a lot, pretty much uh, everything you see uh, about Arbor from the name, from everything, Alan, is uh, come from a communication between the four of us. So it was just like someone spit, spitballed something and it just kind of like carries over. No, it's great. I mean, it fits well if you take in sustainability and the kind of environmental side. The other question is going to be technical. When you're talking, and I guess it's Danny with the data, when you're mining data, you know, how it's, it's information is coming from those websites. What tool are you using to, to troll that? Or how, you know, how's that coming into your, into your remit? Uh, well, we don't collect user data. So um, we don't actually use any tools like that. What we collect is um, consumer behavior, right? So, you know, where people shop, why they shop there, and sort of how they shop, which devices they're shopping on. Okay, but I mean, the reason I'm thinking that is because the JAM, I don't know if you know the JMH team, they're, they're doing the ESG, they kind of troll, they started with fake news. They're all university students up at UFC, and you probably know one, of them, one or two of them. 
uh, Alec Lamb, and uh, I'm just and the name Jackson Cooper, and they're literally using AI to troll for ESG type relevancy. And they first was fake news, now they they moved into ESG. So I don't know if you know that team. No, I'm actually not too familiar with them. Well, I think oh. Abdullah, can I, pin, Abdullah, you're going to pinch them as coders because I think they, they're really onto something. Yeah, no, I actually know Jackson uh, pretty well. Um, I'm glad he's taking the inspiration. We, I was a president of uh, an organization called CEO Calgary before, like you know, we ended up making a couple companies. Um, yeah. And uh, he's the person who ended up taking over my position. So I'm glad that he's uh, expanding and uh, doing cool stuff. Well, I mean, this, the fake the fake news thing, like literally just trolling. They said like, like there's fake news hubs. And it's a real economical thing that's out there. So that's when they, they just started using uh, AI, I guess, they coding in Python. Is that, that and, and just trolling, you know, for that fake. And then they moved it over to ESG. So they're making some real money with ESG consultants. Anyway, I, I will stop there because when you, when you talk about data and you talk about when people are shopping in those, there's information, right, that's coming back to you. The signaling, right? You're getting signaling. That's, is it across the globe or are you just localized to Canada or where do you, where do you stop with that? Yeah, so our companies, uh, we have 100, over 130,000 companies in our database right now, and they are international companies. Um, they cover about 99% of the global market cap, so 99% uh, of the companies that consumers shop at and spend their money yeah. at, uh, we have data on that, so that's pretty cool. So what about, sorry, you're missing 1%, seriously, guys, what, are you, what is this? <laughs> We're just We're getting started out. out. <laughs> Don't get me started. But that, that's incredible, so you're really just... Are you linking the APIs? How do you, I mean, is that a technical thing? Like, how do you get those 130, you know, link that? What do you do? I mean, is it something you want to talk about? Can you share? Is that, is that your bread and butter? You can't share that. <laughs> you can share on like a very general level, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> I'll leave it to Ben. <laughs> yeah. So we have a couple of different data providers um, yeah. that give us this data and we take that data and we combine it all together. Um, in order to get these 130,000 companies. So our, our data providers actually don't have all of these um, and we have to link a couple of different data sources together in order to get these. Okay, so it's, but it's really, you, do you troll the internet or you're using their data? You're linked to their data. So it feeds back to you. There's it's, a signal that- it, Yeah, it's like, it's a, it's a combination of things. So like there are data sources that are out there and then there's like, stuff that we kind of scrape and find ourselves and then fill in the gaps for a lot of a lot of these different uh, pieces that are missing. Ah, it's just fantastic. I mean, okay, you're going to blow my, you, you know, I'm sure you've already, your investors, can we talk about that? Because that's, that's how I found you. You were hanging, there was a tree, there was a tree hanging in the forest and then I saw this funding announcement. No, I mean, Alex, I reached out to Alex. Can you speak about that a bit, your, your success there and what, what led to that? Yeah, I mean, um, yeah, it, it's kind of been a pretty wild journey. Uh, the the way that it kind of all happened was uh, I used to work at uh, the University of Calgary uh, at an entrepreneurial center. It was called the Hunter Hub, or it is called yep. the Hunter Hub. Yeah. And so I met a lot of like a lot of people in the ecosystem through that. Um, I made uh, I would say like a pretty good friendship with uh, Derek Hunter. Uh, Derek introduced me to a lot of people and one of them was James Lockery um, that I met like two years ago. We were just talking on the phone about like something else. Um, <laughs> and I got a really good sense out of James and like James is like a very like good to know person, but also he's just like a really good human. Yeah. Uh, what I got a sense out of that. And so during this summer, um, I had, we were trying to like figure out what the appetite was well, we were like Arbor was still at its like very, very infant stages. Like we were just kind of like working around with like MVPs and like screwing around with stuff. Um, and, but then I just wanted to send James an email and be like, I just want to see what his thoughts were because he has done the whole process. He started out as a founder. He like got acquired. He like did the whole journey. Then now he's an investor. Like it's, it's very, it's not very often that you can come across that um, kind of full circle experience. Right. And so I want, I just want to get his opinion on it. And so we talked in, I think it was like end of July. He was like, yeah, this sounds interesting. Like um, let's reconnect in two months and see how far you guys get. And then at that point we re like, we worked our asses off. Like we went as hard as we humanly possibly could um to make sure that we could like impress him enough and then when we met i met with him again in like october yeah and at that point he was sold so once we got him on board and we got the labs on board 
it was kind of like a domino effect after that. Like it is honestly like in chasing investment, a lot of times is just this big FOMO effect, right? Like most of the time, like investors don't want to be the first ones in, but they don't want to be the last ones on. So I love that FOMO, fear of missing out, right? That yeah. fear of missing yeah. out. So once you get one, the hook, you've hooked one and then you've got, you got, no, but that, that's incredible because that first call set the stage and you worked your, you worked your butts off. Um, so what was the trigger? Were you MVP already? Or you had, you, you had testing, you were testing this already with those 130,000 companies? Uh, I mean, I can, yeah, one of the other guys can explain that for sure. Um, yeah, I'll take that. Um, so yeah, I guess um, like the, the way we were able to like strengthen our relationship was we touched base uh, with James Lockery and like Thinner Labs before we were um, about to test out our product. Um, I think it was, okay. it was a great way to build relationship and also build trust in our um, execution as a team. Um, and I think the time that we took between um, touching base with him for the first time and then getting him convinced was the deliverance of our MVP. So he, you did a demo. Did you do a Zoom demo or was it a remote demo or did you go together in this place or however, how did that work? Um, we don't really like, like we just made it open for anyone to use. Um, and um, we did, we rolled out a beta version uh, of the product um, and we just yeah. gave all of our investors and uh, our first users access to the product so they can check out the platform and see how it would work. Right. So the user experience right away, you were getting feedback. I mean, I'm getting, I'm just thinking, Uber, Airbnb, you know, we're getting user experience and, and they're just testing it, right? Mm -hmm. This is what, this is your direct feedback you're getting. I think someone popped off. <laughs> I think we lost Alex, but he, I think he can get back on. Yeah, I think so too. Um, but yeah, like in, in response to your question, yeah, like um, we take a lot of pride in user experience. Um, and that was kind of like how we ended up with Arbor, right? We thought that there weren't enough people building around user experience in Calgary. Um, and we yeah. just started building it for a lot of other companies. And uh, when we came across the idea of Arbor, um, that was the thing that we built um, our platform around was getting that consumer the experience, what um, a high level investor would have the information on the companies, right? Like if you imagine uh, the data that you provide when you're shopping or you're surfing on website, these companies know everything about you. They probably know yeah. you better than you know yourself or your like significant other, right? Um, and we just wanted to turn the tables around that conversation where the consumers have the same amount of data that the companies have on the consumers uh, and allowing like a more of an equal opportunity and an equal relationship um, in deciding where they want to purchase. Um, and um, the way if you have to convince anyone to use your product is around user experience. So I would say that the first three months of us working on our MVP was all uh, doing intense user feedback sessions uh, with uh, the first users, um, the, the early adopters, um, the investors, yeah. uh, and just tying all of the loose ends together before we went out public. But let's go back that origin, origin, origin story. When you you sat down by the, I mean, it was it pre-COVID, right? Mm -hmm. You were sitting, you were sitting by the tree, and you looked up. The apple fell, and you're like, wait a minute. This tree, it wasn't here. What was that pivotal moment? Do you remember? Yeah, no, it's, it's actually recorded. We can send you the video for it. Everything we do <laughs> as, a, as a tech team uh, has a trail awesome. to it. So uh, I remember this like you know, as if it was yesterday. It was about a year ago. And um, we just sat down. Um, we had a company called 99Biz where we were doing software consulting and like a bunch of other things. And um, we ended up joining a hackathon at ATB. Uh, it was around uh, purchasing and like banking data and stuff like that. And we were, yeah, yeah, yeah. we were never like, you know, the banking people, like, uh, like honestly, like, you know, a lot of the banking experience is not a great user experience. So like, you know, as a development team, it just kind of like, you know, offends you a little bit, but we thought, you know, where there isn't enough development done, there's a lot of opportunity to do stuff. Um, and our motivation going into it was merely like a team building exercise. Um, and um, it was just like a two-day event. Um, the first 10 hours, the first day pretty much, which is recorded, is where we came up with the idea of Arbor. And I remember like we had like maybe 50 ideas um, and we were about to work on things um, yeah. that were very different from Arbor. Um, but what ended up happening was we ended up having an intense 10-hour conversation about what is going to be a problem that is going to change how wow. the world looks, right? Wow. So. Um, we were problem solvers from day one. We just took the time to kind of like 
find the biggest problem we could solve um, with connecting people's purchasing decisions. Like that was the only thing that we were looking for. And uh, one thing led to another and we ended up figuring out a way to kind of have um, an impact for everyday consumer um, on the world's biggest problems, right? This is incredible. No, but it's incredible that you that insightful could think pre-COVID and then you hit COVID and you're like, wait a minute, guys, the green light went on. I was sure the, the, the bulb, light bulb was already on, right? And COVID hits and the effect, you remember the first days of COVID and they're showing the clean skies in Beijing or whatever, you know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. suddenly nobody traveling and plastic consumption, all that was kind of down that, that whatever the eco on the environment. So wow, you guys hit on something before before COVID. <laughs> and we did. And we kept it in the back pocket. Like we w- ended up winning the third prize at the competition. And there were like all kinds of like, you know, software development houses in the competition. And we were amazed. Like, you know, we were pretty young when it comes to it came to the competition and the people that were there. And our fresh perspective on the problems, I think, was uh, something that we ended up having a lot of confidence in uh, when COVID did hit um, because, you know, our clients started missing payments and like, you know, the cycle that pretty much every services company went through the first like, you know, yeah. three months of COVID. Um, we were just, we knew that we had to do something else in the meantime. And um, we looked at sustainability where a lot of like, you know, research and like a lot of development was done on like materials engineering or energy development, where as a consumer, as an individual, you don't really have a say on what's happening in the world, right? These are massive projects that are like, you know, sponsored by the government and subsidies and stuff like that there's you can maybe vote every four years or something but that's pretty much the only impact that you could have um and then right around covid the george floyd moment happened too um yeah and yeah right when that moment happened um i was kind of amazed on like how the team came together we have this idea whenever it took it that seriously honestly we were happy with the vr devices we want um but we were hell-bent on using our skills in a way where uh, people like us could also contribute, right? We're not the people who would go out and protest or who would, um, not that that is a bad thing. We think that's a great thing, but like we're, you know, you're traditional basement nerds, right? Like we're not that, we're not that outspoken, but we just wanted to use our skills to solve a problem for everyone. And um, that's just how it ended up happening. I mean, with all those political things, I mean, there's that, if you put the political thing into it, that agenda just becomes polarized and, you know, subject to whatever. I mean, come on, going back to World Bank, they had the Millennium Development Goals by 2015, right? Yeah. We're now past that into new, they're into the new whatever the 2030 goals are. You know, it's it's these things are just they they go and they have these big conferences. I'm just giving you my take, being working overseas in these big conferences. They come up with, you know, the big when I lived in Dubai, they show up to these environmental conferences in big SUVs and gas guzzlers and air-conditioned buildings and there's they're they're just talking a lot of talk a lot of you know hot a lot of hot air and then they leave away and it's like yeah no we can't execute and they take years to get just solve one little issue and you guys come up with it within months so fantastic yeah, yeah i really appreciate you. it yeah another thing with so, um sustainability right is it's so binary like like the sustainability ecosystem is you either do this or you don't do this. You go full vegan, you you take bikes to work, right? <laughs> All this. And yeah. it's very doom and gloom, right? The the thing we're trying to change is like we want there to be no small change. We want we want there to be a spectrum of change that you can do. So you can, you know, shop at a better company or you can cut meat out of your diet or or just small different steps in between. It's funny that you say that because I literally my notes are here is shopping. You have Plastic versus organic, meat versus plant, right? And that's t- what you just touched on there are habits, right? That decades, generations of changing the habit. And how do you make a big impact? Well, COVID disrupted it, right? And you saw the, the echo. But this, you're hitting hard, you're hitting right to the home. I don't know if it's that Ben or Danny that said that, but you're hitting right to the home. You're in the home. You're in my kitchen, right? With your, what we just said there, that's in the kitchen. How do you change those habits? Yeah, exactly. And um, that's something that we want to start touching on, you know, through uh, content curation. So our our uh, platform deals mainly with purchases, but we want to deal with sustainability yeah. as a whole. So we're going to be rolling out different blogs and stuff, you know, touching on how you can do things in the kitchen or um, even cleaning, you know, around the household, in your garden, whatever that may be, um, and sort of create a whole sustainability platform. 
that's incredible. Just even simple things I had from Plastic Freeway, where I see I had Brianna Lachlan on some time ago during pre-COVID. And we were talking about, the, she says, you know, our grandparents had small closets because they didn't need all those clothes, right? Mm-hmm. And that and that movement where vintage clothing came in. And so, you're, so your blogs, your data tying into that, like the, vintage clothing has been a big thing over the past three, four years. And it, it, I thought it was just, you know, just re, it's just another word of saying used clothing, right? It's a better way. Yeah, no, exactly. So, um, so Alex is just asking to be uh, re-invited. All right. I'm going to hang up. I'm going to re-invite everybody because that's the only way I can, I'm, I'm low tech user. Here. <laughs> I, I, I think that's the only, wait, 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 wait. I think I can do it now. Wait, I can, I might be able to do it. Okay, send me invite now. Um, I can do it. There's a little, there's a little, uh, little guy there. So, but like you know, sustainability. You picked on something that's very close to the home, but it's very polarizing, right? The, just the negative side, the political side of it, as you said, very doomsday. Mm-hmm. So, how do you? What do you? What is your view? And I, I'm just, I don't want to put. What do you think you can? How can you change that day to day? I'll take that, I guess, because I have a like. I think it's a lot of individual perspective that needs to be learned by the consumers and like the blogs and like, you know, the content that we'll be producing will be to aware people that they have the choice, right? I think a lot of the people, they might not understand that they have the choice and they're contributing towards those things. So I think the step number one is getting them aware that these are like the things that they should be looking out for. For example, one of my favorite values that we have at the Arbor platform is environmental solutions, right? It's, um, we don't we don't want to degrade someone for the stuff that they have been like you know they've built their business around for 30 years but we also want to see how their revenue and profit is going towards being innovative with their current offerings um and being innovative yeah. uh, in a space where they're trying to create uh, environmentally friendly alternatives or uh, different versions of the same product that they've been doing um, and like, you know, our platform allows you to see which company is pushing on that angle, right? Like what company is spending more money, what company is spending like, you know, coming up with like really good products that are, are replacements of like traditional products um, that are way more sustainable. Um, so, you know, that's just like a small example on how a consumer can drive attention and like, you know, um, knowing that this information and the decision is in their hand. Um, well, yeah, I think that's you just hit right the, the data or the information tells the story, right? Mm-hmm. So, I guess if you if I just step that up, or maybe you know Danny can speak to that in terms of the the data telling the story, the movement, or where the trends are in certain geographical. I don't know if you get to that granular, but if you've got one hundred thirty thousand companies, I, I imagine you can get granular in terms of regions, community, streets. You get to that, you know what I'm saying? Like that level of granularity. Can you get there, or will you get there? I um, think we're all. Oh, sorry, Danny. The question was for you. <laughs> Are you talking in terms <laughs> of the companies or in terms of the individuals? No, I'm talking about information, non, non. I'm talking about non, whatever you want to call it, individualized, but specific. Here's a movement. Like if you take a football field or a gate, where they show the, you know, they show where the people move throughout a day or whatever. Like those games. If I take Nintendo Wii or something, you kind of move those the avatars around. I'm talking about just pure data that shows movement. And I mean, shopping habits and trends and companies, this cluster, let's just take, let's take the, uh, the Scottish, uh, the, the drinking, you know, the, the, if you look on the map in Scotland, most of the, most of the um, distillers are all in one place. Same in Cuba. Most of the, uh, it's grown the, uh, the cigars, most of the guys, they're in the same area. So I'm talking about data of movement and, and trends, that kind of stuff. Yeah. So I think that, um, you know, through social media, trends are very, uh, very outspoken, right? So you can see trends in diversity and in environment and um, even in corporate governance and things like that. And it's yeah. interesting yeah. to see what the trends are and what um, sort of what sort of issues stick around each decade, right? Yeah, and um, kind of like an addition to like the question that you were asking, Alan, um, one of the things that we really focus with our data is that we differentiate opinion and fact like right now if you scroll through your social media like danny said there's so many things trending simultaneously you're overwhelmed with like all of these things happening yeah. and everyone seems to yeah. have a very strong opinion about it um the thing is that we want to ch- take those opinions as not basis of information but as basis of action 
if you do those have opinions, um, you know, you can check out our platform and look at, um, you know, unbiased information uh, that comes from company reporting, so stock markets and their practices and like all this information that allows you to take your opinion into an action and um, allows more of a precedent set where when these things come along and like certain topics trend, they don't trend and then they stop trending after a while, right? For example, Black Lives Matter should not strap trending and then like you know if there's not enough people talking about it there's not a lot of action happening towards it either so i think it's pretty much taking uh looking at the trends um yeah. of people getting involved in with their opinions but also taking those opinions and transferring them uh to actions by looking at what actually and factually is happening so that 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 that's very important because you need to have a human who can interpret that different the nuance or is the machine learning that can the machine did, did machine learning or whoever's algorithms can it dictate that uh differentiate between the two um <clears throat> so we like we don't think that this is like something like you said like there's so many uh topics in sustainability right like for example yeah. a lot of the times people talk about sustainability and i can promise you that 99.99 percent of people are thinking about environment right um just yes. because they think sustainability is environment which is in fact like you know the opposite of truth well sustainability is just one third uh, environmental impact while the other two thirds are a social impact and like the way a company is governed, right? Like ethics or like, you know, transparency or corruption and all those things. Um, I think allowing people to know that this information uh, is out there is a big, was a big step for us right now. And we're still honestly, like, you know, when you come up and you're like first to the market, uh, it is a lot of convincing that you have to do for the consumers. Um, in retrospect, I would say that um, our platform is was built to customize uh with your own personal value so that is something that we care a lot about yeah allowing people to know that there is a differentiation between this subject and like there's a lot of things that they may care about and as long as we believe that they uh, align their spending with the values those those causes they champion themselves that's incredible you talk about because that definition of sustainability when i was working for the world bank for a couple of years back in, in the middle in central asia and they use that, is this business model sustainable? Can we scale? Can this be, can you do this over time? If you're, you know, not, I'm going like right to the village where they were, you know, they were just, they were milling water, taking water and, you know, from and, and, and making irrigation systems. Is it sustainable? Meaning, you know, can the weather, can it handle the weather? Can it handle, you know, if it's something, something down that supply chain breaks down. So that's a different kind of sustainability. Yeah, no, um, like, you know, sustainability in its essence is something that just says that something that um, is self-reliant, right? Like you're not yeah. destroying something or you're not, um, you know, harming something in the process. And also it, that model to be able to work uh, indefinitely, right? When we talk about sustainability and there's like, you know, being in Calgary, there's such a huge oil and gas conversation happening all the time, right? Um, and you look at sustainability, um, the, the, the problems that they're taking up is nothing to do with um, the current practice, but the operation or the industry not being sustainable indefinitely, right? Yeah. Um, and like, you know, if it's if it's not a permanent solution, then it means it's a temporary solution that is hurting us in a lot of aspects, right? Um, but yeah, like, I think um, even these companies, like, even if you look at our platform, like, we don't discriminate against companies that are contributing more just because of how their product is used by consumers. Uh, we look at it where industry averages kind of correspond on how good they're doing. So, right, there, even if you're buying gas, right, like, you could buy gas from a company that is working way more on environmentally uh, friendly alternatives while they kind of, like, transition from their old age model to a new age model versus the company who's cutting prices and like, you know, taking advantages of like, you know, oil and gas production facilities and uh, not even looking towards the future. Those people in our mind are, uh, you know, neglecting sustainability, like the true essence of it. Yeah. Well, let's, let's switch gears. Cause I want to, I want to give, give opportunity to talk about some of your relationships. I know when I talked a little bit offline with Alex, you mentioned with mob squad, are you connected with, with uh, Irfan Raji? And his no. Um, no, we, uh, we haven't really worked with them a whole lot. Um, connection wise, like honestly, like most of the work that we do is with like thin air labs. Uh, they're really like the ones okay. that, um, you know, we're working on a regular basis with when it comes to like 
business decisions we make. Um, like obviously, like these are things that we come to them for advice. Like at the end of the day, we are always the ones that make the decision. Um, and it's yeah. also like uh, stuff with the products, right? So like they've kind of gone through this journey of like what it's like and what it uh, what it's like to build a product from scratch, get it to like a sustainable um, kind of like scale, and to be able to actually uh, sell that off. Uh, and so like, we've honestly, like just listening to them, like the things that they've, you know, the problems that they've encountered before, like it's very similar to our journey. And so like, it really helps because it helps us avoid those pitfalls and it just gives us this like huge boost in not wasting a bunch of time trying to get to the same spot kind of thing. Sure. No, I understand. I, so maybe I just, I, I made some notes of wrong on that one, but in terms of like local companies, and I mentioned JMH. Uh, but also, the, have you heard of the National Social Value Fund? They've got a local Calgary Social Value Fund. Um, I think, yeah, yeah, I think so. I reached out to them over the summer. Uh, Tyson built it. So Tyson's Tyson's one guy, Laura Parker. Um, yeah, I just, they were on and their, their investment strategy, and they're new, is to invest in social impact companies that are not not just donating 10% uh-huh. to revenue or, or whatever, but actually having it in, in, in threaded in their their fabric whatever there's actually yeah no yeah and social value funds are interesting like um they're very different from like the mindsets are very different from uh traditional let's say like vc investment firms um it's yeah it's a lot about honestly like it's a lot about the the social aspects of the company and not necessarily like the monetary aspects so like a lot of times like it boils down to like, what are you as a company doing yourself to like better your community or better um, whatever it is, like uh, people around you and stuff like that. And so like, we, we're just like really early stage right now. We have like, you know, max we have like 10 employees, you know, like six, six or seven full-time employees. Um, and so like, it's hard to, you know, impact our community on a daily basis, but like we're working towards that <laughs> point where it's like, we're building something yeah. that we want to like our, our, one of our main values is like, are we impacting people's lives positively on a daily basis? Like if we're making this stuff, uh, what we're making is impacting people positively, then we're doing a good job. And like, that's kind of like what's something that we want to remain through like our entire lifetime as a company. So let's, cause Al June, I, I teased you with that, uh, the Robert Downey Jr. <laughs> yeah. His that funding, Tony Stark, right? I just caught my attention. It was literally after we spoke, but his, the company's called uh, footprint coalition ventures. Did you, did you have a view on that or any of you, any of you, maybe Abdullah? Yeah, no, I think um, <clears throat> like, especially the people that you're mentioning, um, Alan, like, I think like I am closely in touch with them in like different aspects while we were coming up as a company. So like, you know, for example, Jackson, you mentioned from JMH or like, you know, Tyson from the social value fund. These are all people that, we have kind of engaged with while we were at University of Calgary. So it is amazing to see yeah. that these people have taken up more of a mantle and they're kind of using our precedent to like really go uh, and have an impact in a social aspect um, within Calgary, right? Because it, the, the movement is so young itself, right? And within, within the uh, province that we live in. Um, in terms of uh, like, you know, like celebrities, like getting involved um, with, um, you know, <laughs> like, you know, just the investment perspective of it or like, you know, the involvement, I think um, they are making a case um, and they're like, you know, they're putting in the money. Um, a lot of the times, like, you know, we have our own thoughts on it. Uh, I think um, that this is a great way for like, you know, companies who would not ideally have access to funding, who are trying to do good, uh, have we have way more options this, like these days than they did like you know even five years ago. So that's amazing to see. Um, and um, like I think when we look at companies um, in sustainability, we see a lack of um, like competition in the free market. Um, and we want to make sure that you know the companies that we either inspire or like the companies that either are trying to compete with us are not just staying in their own vertical, right? Uh, we can't have a small club like a sustainability club in the world, right? The sustainability needs to go from top down, from governments to like everyday consumer. Um, 
And yeah. I think um, these people are helping get in more of a general population into the awareness, which I think is a way more bigger contribution their than their financial contribution. Yeah, because like everyone knows who like Leo DiCaprio is, and, like Robert Downey Jr. Also, like, like worldwide, there are no names. <laughs> and so like they act as like a really good funnel for people to get more curious about sustainability and like what that means and like um it's i i see them as like a big basic divining rod to get a more attention to these problems oh, i love i love that experience. yeah because it's, it's just like i don't know nowadays like it's it's people are more drawn to like um let's say a persona or like uh an entity or whatever it is and then like they kind of attach like they 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 look for some sort of common ground with that entity and if that entity is yeah. like displaying interest into something else they will most likely also display interest into that thing or like at least get like their feet wet into it and that it works really well honestly no but it's, it's to the point and i'll go back to we work i don't know if any of you, you you're familiar with the WeWork model uh when they had a year ago okay so a year ago this time it's the office share space mm -hmm. and they raised a ton right. of money from softbank and then they fell out of, out of space but it happened that they, they fell out of flavor they were going to do an ipo because the, their founder, Adam, something he was spending a lot of money that was not related to their business. But I had the podcast with Alex, uh, um, oh gosh, over at, over at Cowork and ShareSpace, uh, Calgary, oh gosh, Alex, ah, oh, Paducci, Alex Paducci, another one of those cheese. <laughs> He's a T, not a Nick. <laughs> um, but anyway, so Alex was saying, he goes, we want, we work. It's to your point about the divine rod, because they'll bring the community, they'll bring the heightened uh -huh. awareness, good or bad. That, that makes it better for us. Either way, it's it's better. It makes the pie bigger. So, I think you're right. The signaling, the global signaling, they they have an importance. If some are doing it for whatever reasons, right? But if the if the reasons bring the attention to the space, yeah, like yes, there's like definitely. Don't get me wrong. There's some really stupid things that happen sometimes. Like everyone knows about <laughs> like the you know DiCaprio coming to BC or Alberta or whatever it was. And like experiencing yeah. Chinooks, which have happened here for like, <laughs> like hundreds yeah, of years yeah. and being like making a huge deal out of it being like global warming, all this stuff like that. Like that kind of case, I think does more harm than good, to be honest. But overall, sure. I think it is a more positive outcome by having more people more interested in sustainability. I was incredible. Like, so... Two things I want to point because you've got the consumer side, and then you've got so you got Alex, the consumer, but then you have Alex, the Arbor guy, who's buying. So you're buying that, but so you have a double. You could have a double, triple impact. Well, so because if Alex is buying for his home yeah, side, he's also going to buy for yeah. His we're uh, it's hard to explain. Like it's 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 a confusing or well, I guess not confusing, but like it's like one of those models where it's like we're B to C to B. So it's yeah. like we are like we're B to C initially, where it's like. Um, you know, we're there to, we're catering for your users. We're trying to get, like, understand what our users want and, like, uh, display that as well. But then we're B2B as well because, um, businesses can come to us and ask us, like, what can I do better to get a bit bigger access to the sustainability market? Um, and so we can give them, uh, information of, like, you know, um, shoppers are looking for this on your platform and you're not supplying that. So if you increase, your supply and let's say sustainable coffee or whatever, um, you'll see an increase in sales. And like, that's the kind of stuff that we can do yeah. to businesses as well. No. So I know so one of you made the comment about the, you know, the sort of, they put, uh, maybe did make it, but I'm just thinking of the, you know, the packaging where we're gluten free uh -huh. or in going back 10, 20 years ago, this, these, those that's, it's, but it's not always, in, it's not always accurate to say sugar free or whatever it is. So do you get, can you make that distinction between what is actually when, when it's just somebody's putting it as a marketing ploy versus really, they're really actually are. Yeah. Are yeah. Good. Like we're really trying to get to that point. Um, we are like, we're getting close. And since I like, we are ultimately what we want to be is like the BS detector for a lot of these companies. So like there's so much money that's spent, you know, during um, like earth day, every single company all of a sudden is like the most environmentally focused company of all time. <laughs> Earth Day, one yeah, day, like Earth Day or Earth Week, whatever, like passes and Earth Hour, Earth Hour, Earth yeah, hour. come on, that's that passes, and all of a sudden, like it's back to you know just like destroying the environment, like business as usual. So like we want to be making sure that like 
our platform can really sn- like sniff that stuff out. And um, there's yeah. there's been a bunch of examples of companies where it's like, if you go and look them up, um, let's say they might like you, you look them up on Google and you just see like first two, the first page is full of just like positive news, like nothing really like related to having um, a bad score or whatever. And then you look them up on Arbor and you see they like, their alignment score to your values is like 18%. So then you're like questioning like wow. what's going on. And if you go further beyond like, let's say like page two or three or whatever on Google, you can start seeing yeah. like the more bad news coming up. And like, that's, that's exactly how it all works because it's all based off of SEO. When like, when companies spend like millions and billions of dollars on SEO to promote the really good stuff, it drowns out the bad stuff. The bad stuff. Yeah, it's a, it's just content, right? The more yeah. you post, you can drown yeah. that out. Yeah, and just like, but you guys, are, you're you're filtering through that noise. Exactly, right? it sounds like you're filtering through that noise. Yeah, exactly. and like a great addition to what Alice just said, like like sniffing out. I think the platform already does that on so many levels. Like for example, the biggest challenge we had coming up was to kind of define who owns who, and we ended up finding so much interesting data within that space that the major conglomerates were buying verticals in sustainability. So we're they were looking more on green advertising and like, you know, green product um, advertising for like, you know, consumers, uh, while another yeah. branch of the same corporation was, you know, making up for like the good that that we're doing. And like, you know, just kind of like going over and beyond, like, you know, like, I think the consumers should know that, for example, if they're shopping at Whole Foods, the money is going towards Amazon because Amazon owns Whole Foods. Or for example, if, um, you know, they're spending time on YouTube, the money is going towards Google, or like if they're spending money time to on LinkedIn, the money is going towards Microsoft, because these conglomerates have kind of like figured out a way to own so many companies in different verticals that you don't even sure. might know where the, uh, who the end parent is. Well, it's a great, because I'm just, you reminded me then, Abdul, I think it was Abdullah, you reminded me of, there was an article, it was a woman in Australia, it was a podcast, and she said, I was concerned about smoking and health, that health concern. And so the company had invested, not indirect, not directly, but indirectly through a series of whatever that they were investing in a tobacco place, whether Phil Morris or whatever it was. So it took her, it took her years to unbundle that, you know, that ethos of, you know, the investment ethos. Well, there's, there's, a, there's a very interesting article that was published during the uh, U.S. elections that were just happening. Uh, it was, I think it was by Bloomberg yeah. or something like that. And it shows you by dollar value. I like, I, uh, I don't know how extremely accurate it is. Like it seemed very accurate, but it's like, it shows you by dollar value, like which companies support, like publicly support, um, let's say like, you know, new green deals or like, um, uh, environmentally efficient technology or whatever is the labor rights. But then it shows you yeah. in dollars what they actually lobby for. And like a lot of the times those things did not line up at all. It's like complete opposite. So like they'll publicly support these things, but then their dollars towards politicians will go into like those against, like literally against those um, policies. But that's powerful, right? That, that sort Danny, I'm bringing you back in this week. This is powerful, right? That's the work you're, you're looking at that data. Are you, maybe it's, maybe that's Ben. I don't know. No. Yeah, exactly. And, and the data does show, right? You can't, you can't lie with numbers. Yeah. Wow, this is incredible. Let, let's move on because we've mentioned Amazon and Alexa. Oh, I can't mention Alexa on because I know you guys have a relationship. Alexa, Alexa, don't. But like, I do have a, I do have an echo. We could bring down this um, conversation. Let's see what <laughs> he you thinks have, about it. You, you've got a relationship. Uh, let's, let's, let's just test. Let's test. Alexa, who is Arbor? Here's something I found on the internet. Arbor, a shelter of vines or branches, <laughs> and a lattice work covered with climbing shrubs or vines. <laughs> no, we haven't, uh, we haven't gone there quite yet. You'll know we've made it when Alexa knows who we are. But that's great because I know I'm picking on that one. Alex told me a little bit. You've got a relationship with Amazon, or you're building mm-hmm. that relationship up. So, do, can you share that? Or is it it's true? just one of those things where it's um like there's. You know, relationships with big companies like this, like I would say Amazon's like one of the biggest companies. Um, it's yeah. things take time, right? So like right now we're just talking to them back and forth. Um, uh, we are, it's honestly really cool stuff because like they genuinely seem pretty excited of like what we created and like 
we've seen, we've kind of been going back and forth on like what they have so far and like what, how we can add value to them and vice versa. And it like the conversation is actually moving quicker than I expected, but also it's just like, it is, it is, it's cool to see how like positively reinforcing they are. Yeah. I mean, come on. I, I listened to, was it two, three years ago, Werner, Werner Vogels, I don't know his CTO, um, maybe Abdullah knows his, or sorry, Ben knows his name, but it, he's literally, it was in, in the Indonesia farm and it's called, he's got a series called Let's Build. And episode one just sticks to me because it was a blockchain connected with farming. And that, that's just the vertical. They're going after every, you know, supply mm-hmm. chain, right? Um, but that speaks to where they're, you know, some of the things they're doing, how they change their model, their platform. But they need builders around, right? They need. They oh, for everything. sure. Yeah. When they, and when so, you get to like, and something that we've been really working on as a company, like, and we've really been baking into our platform is like, or into our, um, you know, like ten year vision. Uh, I think that honestly, the future now for companies is to try and hold on to your startup edge as long as possible. And what I mean by that is like being as agile, as quick to be able to make decisions, like make pivots and stuff like that, as long as yeah. you can. Um, if you like, I've seen a lot of times where like companies will raise, you know, millions of dollars or whatever it is, and then they'll hire a ton of people. And all of a sudden you lose your edge because you have all these different teams that are working in silos. And now like if someone wants to do something, they have to all of a sudden get approval from like four different people, four different levels, all this stuff. Like, so it just grinds everything down to a halt. Whereas like for us, we can hop on a call. If there's a big major like decision that needs to be made, it could be done in like 15 minutes. So it's like, yeah, the churn, you don't, you've just, you have no churn. So you're going to scale, you're scaling. There's your scalability, uh-huh. right? You'll scale slowly. And, and there's, I listened to the podcast with the founder from Teachable and, he, and they, they asked him, how come you didn't say raise, you know, cause a lot of people are just taking money for the rate. He says, well, your series A was 4 million. Your series B was four. They kind of, he said, uh-huh. we didn't need it. Yeah. And so, That's, yeah. yeah. And like, on that point, like that's exactly um, the kind of thinking that like thin air has really like helped us come around to where it's like, like you, you don't, you only take or in, uh, and raise as much money as you need. And you realistically can see yourself used to like create value for the next raise. If you just take a bunch of money, like, like we were given a lot of opportunities to get more money than we raised, but we had we basically sure. said no. Exactly, but we said no because yeah. it's like at some point you're just this is like the most expensive round for us in the whole like uh, cycle of it because we're not worth as much. But the next round we're going to be worth more, which means that like we don't have to give up as much for as little. You know what I mean? No, no. I mean you create value, right? As you build. As you build your model, like, you know, the suddenly that discussions about a, something's going on in Norway and then you, you know, that thread takes you to something down in uh-huh, Australia uh-huh. and then Papua New Guinea, whatever yeah. it is, right? And you build, you build, you will, you, I guess I'm just speaking out here, but I guess you build your platform, your user experience will yep. just get better. The chat rooms, the chat rooms will suddenly, uh, you know, suddenly evolve into some other area that, of your business you never thought of before. Yep. Exactly. You know, and I want to, I wanted to go to the series and I don't know. I, I don't tend to watch a lot of these shows, but Netflix has got this halt, halt and catch fire. Did any of you watching that? I've mm-hmm. heard of it before. <laughs> well, it's like Silicon Valley mixed together with a, with a longer form. Cause Silicon Valley. Is I mean, funny, but I'll tell you that like Silicon yeah. Valley is like <laughs> definitely a show <laughs> that we have all been together and watched. And it's, it's a train literally story. like it has so many moments in that like obviously they take stuff and like over dramatize <laughs> it but like we have been yeah. through moment, like a many moments on that show and we'll just like we just pull inspiration from that show sometimes honestly <laughs> oh i love early early yeah yeah like that. who's your early who's your early um sometimes it's like it'll probably be like a mix between abdullah and myself um <laughs> and then like Gilfoyle is definitely Ben, as you can tell. <laughs> Gilfoyle's amazing. I love him. And then, and then uh, what's his name? Oh God, it's funny. Yeah. Yeah. God. Well, I had, I did go there. I did go there because it's you really reminding. I think Alex, you did remind me of that because it was just your your the garage kind of working together in the room, you know, and and the, just that really building story. Yeah, like we honestly, like we started just working in like a crappy basement and then like uh, we moved to a bigger basement and then now we actually have an office. So it's like, yeah. 
I don't know, the, the, the uh, Pied Piper of, uh, you're the Pied Piper of social enterprise. But look, so what's, what's, what, what can you share some light on the technology? A little yeah, bit? Ben. Uh, <laughs> sure, what do you want to know? Back end, front end, or what are you coding in? I mean, because I just came off and we'll talk that uh, the evolved, evolved you and I learned about Mon MongoDB. I, I never, I heard of MongoDB, but I didn't realize really what it was used for. So that's pretty cool. Yeah, Mongo's awesome. Uh, we're actually just using uh, PHP, MySQL, um, just the, the classic old school uh, back end. Um, and we're actually looking for a back end yeah. developer too. So if anybody out there is listening that's a back end developer, um, should definitely apply. <laughs> Well, so, so the front end, so, because this is the thing I learned from the JamH guys. We're using like Chrome extensions on the front end, and the back end, we're using AWS. And is that, a, to me, that's just really using what's out there, the tools. Yeah, exactly. Um, yeah, and the Chrome extension store is really interesting. There's not a whole lot out there that you can learn from. Um, I know they're putting a lot more effort into that. And so it's, it's getting better. And hopefully, we'll see a lot more Chrome extensions come out because they're a cool technology. That's incredible. But even I've heard I've heard fun people raising money off of a, a WhatsApp application. I mean, it doesn't get any more bread and butter than than creating something and a value out of WhatsApp. Yeah, using what you got, right? Yeah. So, okay. So, data management. You talk about like API integration. Is that something? I, 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 it's not a term I've learned loosely. I know I know what it means. But is that something you guys adhere to, or is it something you're still working on? And I mean other others out there. Who's who's API in general? Now you don't have to give me specifics, but in general, is that something you're helping to build? Um, right now, we're using a lot of other people's APIs to pull in our data or to give up some services. Yeah. Um, and yeah, we are going to be looking at creating our own APIs for other people to use, uh, so that other people can create things that will help the sustainability industry. Yeah, because I guess if you got some users, particularly if you got an enterprise user, and they're out, they have a favorite supplier or a favorite. I mean, I guess that's more data. I guess they're data, but wow, I, I just this could go a lot of places. This is it's cool. yeah, it's, yeah, it's one of those things where it's like I tell people like we're literally at a point where it's like kids in a candy store, and it's just there's just so many cool potential things that we can do, but we just have to like be diligent in making sure that like we're only tackling like a handful of things at once because otherwise we'll just go insane. <laughs> no, but that's right, right? You got to tailor down. Like I'm. My head spun. I looked. There's one of the posts on your Instagram post, and it was the garbage thing or whatever it was. And immediately my head went to, and I don't know if any, if you guys know this, Dharavi slums if you're in Mumbai. Uh, I think I've heard about this loosely. I'm not sure. Okay, it's like just full of. It's a big industrial area. There's probably four or five thousand businesses, but part of them focuses on trash, and then re, you know repurposing the trash. And I, it was on a BBC article. And I literally, it's just like paper. I'm, I'm reading from my notes here. Bottles, drums, paper, cardboard, soap. Because you think of that recycling, right? If you think of that kind of stuff, like in, in India, in certain places, they just dump it and people get lead poisoning because they're, they're literally going through mm -hmm. the trash of some of these old IT things. Anyway, I just, wow, I just think there's so many where you can go on that. You know, yeah, like, angles. I think like a big, well, I, I know. A big vision for us is like, um you know a lot of times a lot of like buying sustainably and all that stuff like that it's a first world privilege right like you can't deny the fact that like people live, living in like um more impoverished countries they don't have a choice of buying yeah. sustainable like it's it's definitely a first world privilege therefore it's a first world responsibility to buy more responsibly like it's we are the ones yeah. that should be setting the trends it doesn't matter like what other countries are doing what matters is that like the first world is the one that is setting the trends and then help because that will help and trickle down to more developing countries to allow them to get more on par well because pollution right if they're they have a plant that's polluting whatever making stuff for and i won't name names but that that comes into us if we're not conscious of that stuff we don't know what's going on the back end, right? There's your back end developer. He's he or she is throwing this stuff up at cheap wage, but there's also environmental. I, I lived in Russia. I lived in Kazakhstan, and the environment. This was 20, 20 years ago, and it's just, you know it's just still the same garbage dump. Guys, you go to McDonald's, it goes up. Guess uh -huh, where it goes? Uh -huh. Out the window. That happens today. I mean, it, it happens in Montreal, dude. Like I've seen it. I've seen it on the streets of Montreal. <laughs> like it's like it's craziness to me. <laughs> Yeah, I think um, like you know, <clears throat> I am. I have a like 
living experiences, like living right next to a slum, not noticing trash as a bad thing. Like I was born in Pakistan, lived there for the first 16 years of my life. Yeah. Um, fascinating thing is I didn't know that I was from the world's third most polluted city. Like, you know, the thing is when you're on actually on yeah. those grounds, the problems that you're facing are so much bigger that those things don't really mean that much. But I think it's very easy, like, you know, like I said, that we come from a privileged perspective in the first world countries, looking at these countries, not, you know, addressing to it. But then the funny part, like, you know, you guys were just talking about is that this thing called waste cycling actually leads to uh, 80%. Uh, like, I'm not sure of that number, but um, it's something insanely high that gets discarded because, uh, you know, that that actually is not helping them recycle because, you know, the system and the structure is not much there's no fine yeah. system there's no information for the people to like you know where like the differentiate between metal or like recyclable or like you know so there is a, actually a big problem in first world countries called recycling where you are trying to do good by hoping someone would recycle it but not knowing enough information is actually hurting the cause way more um, than actually putting in the actions no that's incredible it's a good insight that but that but that kind of discussions i mean there's your blog right there's your posts and bringing flushing this stuff out and eventually be like oh i didn't know about that you know that that downstream kind of act or whatever you call upstream or downstream whatever you call that yeah like we're uh, a big focus for us is just is education right like it's um we have all these different values people can select from all these different metrics like we want need to make sure that everyone understands what we're talking about um and so like yeah it's a big piece like those. We just share a lot of the statistics and we try and highlight and spread awareness as much as we can to people because like you can even see in our user metrics, right? Like um, people, for example, like they'll use it a bunch on day one when they download the browser extension or come to our website or whatever it is. Um, and then they will kind of like drop off in the next like couple of days, but then they'll come back to using it because the whole thing is that like you just keep seeing the data in your face over and over and it becomes impossible to ignore. So like I've seen I've, people I've talked to their users are like I stopped using Netflix because Netflix's score was like twenty four percent to me and it was, I just found it too low, and so like it's just it, it creates yeah. these changes because you can't ignore it. That's incredible. No, I mean, there's, there's, I can just see this going many ways. So guys, look at your social media. How you know what? Where's that? Uh, who's your social media person? What are you doing on that? Where where are you not doing? Where do you think you have potential? Uh, so that's he's not on the call. <laughs> uh, so his name is Will. Um, all our social media is Your Arbor. So like at Your Arbor. Um, but yeah. uh, I think like for us, social media is really the um, it does two pieces. So one, it helps us create a community. And then the second piece is it helps us spread like awareness of the sustainability facts. So like we have this like recurring thing called Arbor Facts, where like, you know, we'll do research on a certain uh, tidbit that's going around and just spread that all over the place and talk about like how Arbor can help you um, contribute to like the whatever it is. Like uh, the last one that we yeah. had was talking about how um, there's like tons and tons of countries that are lagging in a ton uh, in all these laws to help um create equality between men and women when it comes to pay scale and like there's just like all these different gaps in the uh inequality of like pay scales between genders um and so like through arbor you can see uh we're going to a point where you can see it's like um what kind of diversity that these companies promote like who they hire like what are their hiring metrics like and stuff like that so that you can actually like if you really feel super passionate about that you can use arbor to support those companies that are doing well in that space. I'm going to give you your arbor, your voice, your voice, your arbor. <laughs> you can put the your. In we uh, no, we true, say right? um, speak with voice. your wallet. That's our that's our catchphrase. Your wallet, your voice, your arbor. Come on, you. It's, it's incredible because that person who's a little tiny, whatever it is, suddenly it's a yeah. game stock, right? Suddenly, suddenly it's a Doge coin because somebody's posting it. But it takes that little ripple, whatever it is, to get your voice. So if that little social media person don't join that company, exactly, you know, it's exactly. like and they make that decision and they put that out there. I didn't join them because of these their score or yeah. whatever it was. Yeah, and it's one of those things where like um it really has become to a point where like 
consumers, honestly, like we just feel like everything's just out of our control. Like we can't do anything to change um, what's going on around us. But like in actuality, like as a consumer, like you have all the power because you can just decide if you want to stop like spending money in a place. If you don't like what the company is doing, you just stop and you go find a different alternative. And like all of a sudden you realize like, damn, like if everyone does that, this company is just going to tank. So like consumers have all the power. No, they do, but they get, you don't exactly. know it until they collectively come up with the subreddit. So the sub arbor, we're going to call it the sub arbor, and the sub arbor room. You should have seen the chatter, and that gets up into whatever your your you know to mm-hmm. the next level. That you know to the Wall Street bets. That guy was chatting for like six months, and on. You talking about DFV? Are you talking about DFV? Yeah, yeah, yeah. The game stock, the game, yeah, yeah. Look, I'm not. I'm just saying that I've listened to a lot of on the. I was trying to. I was trying to ignore it for a while. That I was just noise, but it's really important because that social media yeah. side, they came up with a voice, and they're trying, people are looking for where's the illegal side of it. What did they do wrong? They did nothing but just show they were, they were you know pumping dumping exactly stuff. exactly. They weren't. They were signaling this for a long time. Yeah, social media can be like a huge right. power. I mean. It can be a very negative force. It can be a very positive force. Like, it's just up to, I guess, like, whoever is orchestrating or, like, you know, trying to create this change. It's up to them to either, like, to make the choice. Like, is this going to be a negative thing or a positive thing? And for us, it's always positive. Like, as much positivity as we can spread. So give that note, Alex. If you think of Wikipedia, the knock on Wikipedia, oh, you can't trust, you can't trust it, right? That went away. I listened to Dan Gureski, Dan, um, gosh. Yurovich, Dan Yulovich, Dan Yulovich, that's it, from um, Andrewson Horowitz. And he said, Wikipedia, nobody trusted uh-huh. it, but the positives came along. Anytime there's a negative thing, the positive community counters that and puts it in. So it just yeah. changes the balance. So Wikipedia yeah. is more credible. But if you listen to it, and I'm like, wow, that's powerful because there's all a lot of negative forces out there. <laughs> you know, and, uh, you know, Superman, we got, we have him right here. We've got Super, Tony Stark, right? Iron Man, he's a, there's a positive force mm-hmm. out there, but uh, but let, let's so what social media? I got one for you. So look, you run an ad on on uh, TikTok where an influencer says, "Hey, boomer," and it's me. Right? You can use me and say you're still recycling the way Dad did. And the kid says, he says, and he's got some kind of refund. We're using this app, Arbor. Did you know about all this? And you know he's just kind of folding boxes and the old school recycling, right? And he's like, "Well, let me show you the companies across the globe." Who has to do it? You know what I mean? So there's your, you get you can do an ad on TikTok running the boomer, but then on LinkedIn you run the same thing with did you know you could whatever it is. The well it's it's all about whatever, audience, whatever. right? Like TikTok and LinkedIn have completely different audiences, so you have to like cater the messaging towards that. And it's yeah, yeah it's one of those things where um, as we expand, like right now we're in big just testing mode. So we're putting together like whatever data we have. And then trying to test a lot of like small tests around like um, many different platforms and see how those respond. And like, yeah, depending on the responses we get, then we end up like either if it's like a good response, then we'll like put more into that channel. If it's a bad response, we know for a future, like we don't have to use it. Yeah. The more, you know, so Will, Will, if you're on, if you're listening to this, Will, when you do start, you know, that you got a lot of work, dude, because that there's, you're going to have 28 flavors. You got Baskin and Robbins across every Mm -hmm. platform, right? You got age gaps, you got gender, whatever it is. So you can't mm-hmm. go vanilla. I'm sorry, Will. I didn't know no, it's uh, cookie, cookies and cream. <laughs> <laughs> I like cookies and cream, but I think you got to go more. You got to go. Yeah, more. you're right. You're right. Well, guys, look. So, what's the future? What's going to impact? What's the keys? You, I think Alex touched on this. Is there's so much out there, and you kind of what's the keys to your success? What do you think as you scale and and expand and I don't know if you guys want to take that one. I can take it if I still have more um, time left. I feel like I've already taken too much time. Go for it. Okay. Um, yeah, I think uh, as um, like, you know, just the company's impact, right? Like we ask everyone to improve the impact of, you know, their actions have. Uh, and we as a company, we think as we want our consumers to think, right? Um, so I think um, for as far as the platforms like, you know, future it goes, we want to create as much as impact as possible by helping as many people as possible. That is the one side of it. And the other side of yeah. it is helping as many businesses as possible be more sustainable as well, right? It's, this is not a gotcha platform. Like this is not, I'm not trying to like 
we're not trying to create like a fishnet for the worst companies in the world because, you know, it, like quite frankly, there's a lot of them. Um, what we're trying to do is we're trying to, uh, you know, really increase competition between fighting for sustainable values because that is going to lead um, to more profits and more revenue in a sustainable manner with the future ahead. That's well said. I like the fishnet uh, analogy, kind of like the divining rod. I mean, you guys come up with all this. <laughs> yeah, we just, I don't know. Yeah, we just uh, sit in a room and just talk about sweet analogies. <laughs> <laughs> I just love it. I love it. Really, guys, if you have any last words, that's, I really, it's, thank you for your time today. It's been great. No, thank you for having us. Um, last words for me, I guess. Like, I, I appreciate, you know, things like opportunities like this. And I appreciate kind of like the, the movement in Calgary's tech ecosystem, I think is like going to a positive direction. And like, I see a lot of really cool stuff happening. So I'm, uh, I'm interested to see where it's going to go. And I really, I hope that we're one of like those bastions that can help propel um, the tech scene in Calgary. Uh, and I mean, uh, worldwide, like we're just hoping to basically uh, we really think that like sustainability changes at like people's everyday habits. And so if we can yeah. influence or cha help those um, habits be changed, then we're, we feel like in a positive matter, we feel like we're doing a good job. Um, yeah. I did have, you mentioned Bastion. I did have Bastion Safety Solutions on the podcast <laughs> a few weeks ago. <laughs> yeah. I, I want to say I want to touch on what you said there because I think it's important and, and you know and, and Abdullah may have seen me on that uh, in the chat room over on Evolve's thing. To me, you know, just the sharing and and collaboration and partner. I mentioned that a couple of times and asking you guys, you know, to me that's important. That's going to help scale and helps put a light on. Wait, what, was the light? Didn't we use the word light or divining rod? You know, to put you know putting the light on the, on this thing, the torch light. Didn't you guys use that word? You know. But it puts on a sheds new light on this. You know, the more people that know about your work and vice versa, I think it just it helps build that ecosystem. Yeah, That's like we, I think it's just it's going to be a collective effort. Like it's not really a kind of like a one man show, one woman show kind of thing. Like it's it really does have yeah. to come down to a community like working together and like upping our game. Like I feel like we aren't we're not ready for like a, let's say being compared to like a global stage when it comes to like the valley or like you know, Prague or something like that, like big tech hubs. Um, but it doesn't mean that we can't ever get there. We just have to like up our game and look at what the bar is set to and then like work towards that bar. Yeah. No, it's a, it's a pie pipe. The pie piper in Calgary down the pie piper. Guilfoyle. <laughs> the dream. <laughs> I just love, come on. Those guys are showing up in commercials now. Mm -hmm. They're pretty funny. So. Well, guys, look, I really appreciate this. Thanks so much. And and I'll give the shout out to Abdullah, Ben, and Danny, because you probably didn't get to speak as much. And, and Alex, thank you so much. <laughs> thank thank you for thank having, you for us. having us. Thank you for having us. <laughs> All right, guys, have a, have a great day. And you stay too. Safe. Take care.